episode of Alcoholitics. I am your host, Terrain Myricks. I am usually joined uh, joined by my co-host, Katrina Myricks. Uh, unfortunately, for the foreseeable future, we're not going to be doing that. Um, just uh, this whole COVID-19 quarantine, go, uh, don't go out, you will... Uh, all of this is very stressful, and... She still has to work every single day, um, and she has to, you know, take care of uh, a bunch of employees, and it's 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 challenging. And she, you know, she needs to keep her mental stability. And uh, because of that, we're she's not going to be joining me for the next uh, X amount of episodes. I don't know when. I will love to see her back whenever she can. But right now, that's not going to happen, and that's okay. Um, so you're going to get episodes from me. Some of them might be solo episodes where it's horrifying and you're worried that every everything's <laughs> terrible, um, which is how I'd like to welcome the new theme song that we have. I hope you enjoy it. Um, but we're going to try to do – we're going to try to talk about this in a way that isn't as doom and gloom as it is is um maybe we'll try to figure out nice topics to throw in um every week just something that is nice and that has nothing to do with this but for now we're going with what we got um so thank you all for sticking it out with uh just me but i'm not by myself today i am joined by um friend of the pod friend of the show friend of me somehow still uh, Arista Voorhees Arista thank you for joining me hey thank you for having me it's a, a, a good I got I got nothing but time on my hands so why not nothing but time how how are you let's start what are you drinking are you drinking anything tonight I'm I'm not forcing people to drink right now because this is a really shitty situation and it could bring out some darkness so I'm not forcing anybody but <laughs> I went a bit too hard in the paint on Friday night when we drank so I am actually literally three days later still got a headache so I am just drinking water tonight. No, uh, good. No, no alcohol for me. Just hydrating up. Good. That's good. I'm drinking Merlot because it's Merlot Monday. Hashtag <laughs> Merlot Monday. <laughs> uh, don't forget. Never forget. It's Merlot Monday. Um. So, uh, let's get into the episode. Um, we are on day what feels like 645 of um COVID nineteen. Uh disaster um we're all supposed to be uh just hanging out in our houses until further notice don't tell anybody who is hanging out at centralia they won't believe you um so what what things do you do and this was your topic which i think is which i think is a good like feel good one right like what things do you do to try to stay sane in this straight up crazy time Oh, yeah. There's actually a couple things. First, I'm going to give a shout out to Animal Crossing, the video game, just because it's really, <laughs> it's wholesome. Like, it's nice, wholesome fun. You can literally just build an island, and you have villagers, and you have to take care of them, and you become a slave to capitalism. It's just like real life, but nice. So, <laughs> it's fun. I think it's nice, genuine, wholesome fun to do. Uh, so that's what I've been doing, and uh, I'm actually fortunate enough that I can still work. I work from home still, so uh, you know I do that. I do my job, but 
there's that video games uh you know i also try to do a little cooking you know i go to the grocery store with purpose anymore because you need to uh go in get out but i try to come up with nice nice uh, food that i can make uh with a plan and what's then, what's a recent meal that you've made uh shepherd's pie with uh some nice uh, ground beef and ground sausage made it from scratch it was delicious it was really good um some frozen peas, make like a tomato meat sauce, frozen peas, and you put like mashed potatoes over it, like a pie crust, and you bake it. Ooh, it's really good. That sounds really good. That sounds like a really good meal. Oh yeah. Are you uh, are you um, at home with uh, yourself? Or are you at home with roommates? Um, so how's that go? What's that? I going? have uh, four other roommates, and so we are just kind of all picking our own quadrant of the house so to speak and when we work and kind of working from there uh at home but that's that's what's going on we got a really full house and everyone's kind of on top of each other at times but so it goes you know yeah yeah um how can you i've never played animal crossing in the past nor present um what is like have you played in the past and if so can you explain to me the appeal? Because uh, I, at this point, don't get it. But I know I must be missing something because everyone's going apeshit over this. Uh, well, I've actually never pay- played Animal Crossing before this. But I, I do want to talk about that. Good question. Good question. Um, I kind of view it as sort of the same sort of thing as like a Minecraft game. Where it's something that you can just kind of mindlessly do. But also wholesome. It's just a fun game of like farming and interacting with your neighbors and catching fish. Uh, When I say farming, I mean like you grow like trees and flowers. You also design your house and you design your like outfits and you run around, you can go visit other people's islands. And when I say other people, I mean like my friends, you know, if you had the game, I can visit your island. Just, I think it's just fun, simple, wholesome. If you're looking for something like that, Uh, if you're not go buy doom eternal, which is a shooter, uh, a violent shooter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you're not looking to just go visit your friends' islands where they've planted trees and shrubbery, uh, get Doom and murder whoever. Yeah, yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. I've not played that, but I, uh, I hear it's a lot of fun. I was going to ask, I didn't know, okay, so you didn't play it. I was going to ask, in Doom Eternal, can I go to your island and murder you? Is that in the cards? If only. Um, in Animal Crossing, you go catch bugs with a net, but you you also have neighbors. And what the funny things that you can do is you can go to your neighbors, and if you whack them with the net enough times, they turn to you and say, "Why do you hate me? Why do you keep doing that? Please stop!" Oh my god! Oh my god! That's amazing. Yeah, where they're like literally like, "Where is your humanity, please? I need you to stop this. I feel pain. I really feel the pain." Yep, exactly. So, you know, it's little things like that that I just keep laughing at, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've been, um, so I, uh, I sit around, I mean, I do play uh, some video games. It's mostly like, I've been doing Madden a lot. Mm. Um, there was this, uh, there was this game I bought on Steam, uh, called The Political Process, (laughs) where I become a politician and run for office and enact policy changes, because, you know, I'm a fucking nerd. And um, that's that was fun for me for a bit. Um, that one's not as wholesome, because I'm like, oh, yeah, just trounce the Republicans and that. And, like, I, it's very, it's, it can be quite partisan if you're doing your thing. Um, but 
I all I mean I also am lucky enough that I'm not like alone. Like I get to spend time with another human being, which I know there are some people that are out there that have to have to like sit and do this by themselves, and that sucks. And I'm I'm really sorry about that for everyone who has that. I, I'm I'm truly sorry. That's not a fun situation. Um, but you are serving the greater good um, in preventing other people from getting, um, you know, sick and, and dying. So I, I really appreciate the, the sacrifice that everybody's making to, to do that. And I can only say, I really hope more people do that. Have you been um, watching anything new? Like uh, we have a lot of time to binge watch stuff. I know I, well, I watched Tiger King. I, 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 I got on, I jumped on board and I watched Tiger King. I, uh, didn't have the same reaction that everybody else did. I kind of thought Joe Exotic was pretty horrible and didn't immediately assume that Carol Baskin <laughs> murdered her husband. <laughs> you know, it's... It, I've So I've seen Tiger King as well. And I jumped on it with Joe Exotic is art. Like, this is like, I'm watching like an art piece exp- like unfold f- in front of me. Like, this is just... How? How are the real? This is every person in that documentary is a caricature of a real person. That's how. Obviously, exactly. the real people, but it's like when you're watching it, you think n- nobody's real here. And so, the, the the thing with Carol that got me is how she said, "You can't even feed a human to a tiger." And then three episodes later, says, "If you wanted to get a tiger to bite you and eat you, you just cover them in sardine oil." Like that's so. Yeah, it's so I ridiculous. Mean, look. I would say this, I watched it, and like as I was watching it, I kept turning to Katrina, and I'm like, I don't believe that she did it, but she is not helping her case with me right now. Like, <laughs> almost every time she would be talking, I'm like, are you, fu-? like, fucking stop, you are getting real close to, like, Robert Durst area. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I yes. need this to end. Because I was looking at it like, oh, it's just, you know, one of those conspiracy theories that people have about a person who they're like, blah, 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 blah. But but she, every time she would like talk, like the thing, like one thing she had said um, that was just, it was like super rehearsed where she was like, he was going like early, re early, early, early or something like that. But she said it the same way that she said it like multiple times. Yes. Like that's super rehearsed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I, I thought it was so weird how she just was so cavalier about everything. The attitude was like, oh yes, uh, my husband disappeared. It's totally true. Like <laughs> that's kind of the air. Yeah. People, People think I killed them. Whoa! <laughs> like, uh, okay. <laughs> and this, the the oh man, the the wedding pictures between her and her now uh, third husband, where he's like on a leash. It was just she's just weird. And you know, I get it. Obviously, Joe Exotic's the crazy guy. Um, he allegedly hired yeah. somebody to kill her, but. No, you know. no, no, no! Not allegedly. He was convicted of that. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> guess that's true. He was he was convicted of the crime of hiring someone to kill her. It's not a legend anymore. Uh, no, it happened. Only three thousand dollars. Like that's it. Can Only I just three. point out one of the things I thought was like the craziest was he posted I want to say six billion videos on YouTube saying. Carol's a bitch. I'm going to kill her. If she comes near me, I'm going to kill her. He shot a blow-up doll with a gun like that was her. And then and then everybody in the documentary was like, 
I can't. We wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. I can't yeah. believe he would try to kill her. My fucking. He's. That's all he's talked about. Yep. Yes. Who do you? Uh, who do you think was the most normal person in the entire documentary series? The most normal person. Yeah. The FBI agent that was talking <laughs> to us. <laughs> no one. No one who lived in that area was normal whatsoever. If it was, it was like the, it was like they, they, like they just put. It was that whole, that whole community was just like, hey, only bananas people can live here. And then, like when you get out of that community, you're like, oh, that's what people are supposed to behave like. <laughs> what about who did you have? Uh, who within thought, the community would you have that was normal? I, I mean, I thought the libertarian campaign manager was the most normal guy, but I mean. Not really. It's just no, he was, I thought he was too until I kept watching. I'm like, why is he still around? Yes, <laughs> what yeah. is that? What are you still hanging out here for? This stuff is bonkers to me. Did you see um oh. I, I retweeted this clip on, on Twitter of uh the guy Jeff, the millionaire who kind of came in as investor the the, the other crazy Jeff Lowe, guy. who definitely should also have been charged with a crime oh yeah, yeah. he definitely committed <laughs> crimes too but there's a video yeah. of him on twitter saying like how we're gonna overthrow the oppressive oligarchy and like <laughs> he wants to eat the rich i'm like bro what are you what is what? this what <laughs> he wants to eat the rich i don't know that's when? not the after he's that's not the specific phrase he used. He was definitely like he, he was saying how he wanted to. He was definitely like a part of the resistance. You know, he's uh, no, he's not. If you bring, if you go to Las Vegas and have a party bus where you have baby tigers on it, so you can pet, have them pet, and then try to fuck ladies. Like if you have the money to do that. You are not a part of the resistance. He's a, he's a Democrat socialist. He's, he wants I to, don't believe you. I don't believe you. I don't believe me either. It's just a video I saw on Twitter of him saying this stuff. I'm like, oh my god, amazing. He's like, I'm. He's like, I'm with Bernie, and they're all like, no, you're not. Yeah, we yeah. know you're not. Uh. I. I, I Another show that I watched during this time that I know we talked about was the show You. <laughs> um yes yes did you did you use did you use quarantine to watch that was that like like during the time we can't go outside is that when you watch it or did you watch it before uh so i watched season one of you in december right when season two was released so i watched season one and then season two right as it came out so i watched all of it in one sitting as well just a couple months ago oh boy that is a okay. uh, that is a that show <laughs> <laughs> that is that, the epitome of that ridiculousness. Show, that show is great and not good. Yes. I, I watched. I, I think Katrina. I think said she thought the show was good. Like she thought you was good, and I'm like, I think you is okay, but it is hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I lean more on on your side uh, with the show. It's definitely a guilty pleasure. I mean, my favorite part of that show was rooting for joe to kill people like i'm like wait i know he's a bad guy but like peach deserves to die you know so yeah i was that her name peach? Myself... I... <laughs> yeah it was peach it was peach i kept finding myself going like oh i'm not supposed to like you but 
I do hate Benji as well. Yeah. <laughs> like for for different reasons, but I also hate Benji. Oh, you know, Peach is like a real dick. Like again, you're a monster, but Peach is like not that good. <laughs> Just I deep. love your text to me. When you the thing you said was the most ridiculous. Can you do you remember what that was? Oh, I do. I do. Oh, of course. I had to physically stop the show and just get up and walk away when it happened. So, uh, spoiler alert for those who have not seen the show. You, it's in season one, so um, you'll see it if you watch it. But uh, what happens is Joe, our main character, who is a serial killer stalker, Dennis Reynolds, but not funny. Um, <laughs> No, disagreed. He's Sorry. funnier Dennis Reynolds. <laughs> Dennis Reynolds, but funnier, yeah, I should say. Um, what? So he's stalking this girl, uh, Beck, and she goes away to the weekend for the weekend for some time with her friend whose name is Peach, and they go to some cabin, and the, the Peach is also obsessed with Beck. So it's like Joe and Peach are both obsessed with Beck, and Joe sneaks into the cabin as well. So... The scenario is that Beck is in a bathtub with the door open in the bathroom, just kind of bathing up. And peeking around the corner is Peach to kind of, you know, peek around and kind of watch her and be uh, like a voyeur, kind of creepy all like. And then behind Peach is also Joe peeking around a separate corner, watching both Peach and Beck, who is bathing with the door open. And at that point, I just ridiculous and then he pees in a jar i I think like (laughs) he did he peed in the jar and left it there which is the dna he left home but my thing which is is ridiculous in itself my thing was i think my favorite part which to me was so dennis reynolds was when he was watching peach watch beck in the bath and he out like in his head is going how dare she spy on Beck like that? How yeah. dare she violate Beck's privacy? I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm, if if you haven't seen this show, listeners, if they haven't seen seen this show, they're probably going, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But oh my trust, goodness, you need to watch it. You need to watch you. You need to do it like today. Like, stop the podcast. You need to start watching you. You can start it up when we're done. When you're done, the <laughs> podcast will still be here. I there, don't know how long you is allowed to exist. <laughs> there is more than one scene of Joe jerking off in bushes. How about that? That's <laughs> <laughs> it. Just hangs out in the bush, and then and then his like his his stalker outfit is I wear a hat, <laughs> and, and he he's only been caught once doing that. Literally like- once casually hides barely hides behind like a tree or a bush like that's he's yeah. just like oh that there show are sometimes he's, there are sometimes where he's wearing a hat he's the only one on the sidewalk in front of the house of the person he's talking <laughs> yeah. uh, and you're like you're like what 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 is this what's the point of the hat fucking what is this you're the only one out there they know who you are <laughs> Every person in that show is stupid. Literally. Every single person. Everybody. Everybody is stupid. Uh, They're all dumb and bad. And then you're kind of, yeah, yeah. And then season two just gets baddier. It just gets baddier. Just. Where the the new characters are, the new sibling characters are named Love and 40 Quinn. 
both of them love Quinn and 40 Quinn. They're named after tennis fucking terms. When it hit me that that's what they were named after, I was just angered. <laughs> Angry was how I felt. Just god damn it. Oh. And then and then for me I was like, "Oh, 40 represents uh, the fact that like he has the the love of mom and just needs to crack that love of dad to get the point and love doesn't seem to have the love of anybody. <laughs> now let me ask you, uh, did you like 40 as a character? No, I didn't like 40 as a character. I remember distinctly 40 liking was 40. I was I was team 40 towards the end, I think. I can't remember why to be honest because it's been a couple months, but I remember liking 40 and getting 40? into arguments. 40 literally drugged Joe in the bar, made him take a fuckload of LSD, and then, like, ruined a marriage just because. Like, he's bananas. That episode was hilarious. I want to say that. That drug trip episode was possibly the best episode of the whole series. Yes, I agree. Yes, it was great. It was so great. Now, that being said, what? Joe is a psychotic murderer, so why are you saying yeah. that Gordy is bad for drugging him? I think you're bad if he... Well, at this point, Forty doesn't know he's a psychotic murderer. <laughs> so fair. all Forty knows, all Forty knows is he just gave a fuckload of LSD to some guy. <laughs> just happened to be a murderer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One more show we're going to talk about, and this is a show I've already watched, and you seem to be continuing the watch of, and I, I'm I'm going to give you your time to bash this show before I <laughs> relentlessly defend it, regardless of any factual evidence. Mm. Um, <laughs> you've been watching Suits, is that correct? Yeah, correct. So I, I've seen, in the past, I've seen Suits. All the way up to season five or six, where, spoiler alert for Suits, by the way, uh, Mike gets sent to jail. That's where I last stopped when it was airing. That's when I stopped watching. And I figured, why not? Now's a good time. Let's let's get caught back up on it, and so on. So I usually, I put it on during the day when I'm doing my work work. So I can work from home, uh, like I said. And so when I'm working on my computer, I put Suits on in the background. And the reason why I do that is because I don't need to pay full attention and the dialogue I know is important is because they yell it. They just yell every important line of dialogue. <laughs> and I know to pay attention. They're screaming. Now I can go back to my work when they're done yelling. That's that's that's, that's the thing. I will say there's, there's something that's – the show is definitely incredibly formulaic oh, yeah. in the way that they have they have two they have someone start they start talking to each other then either something ramps up or a third person comes in the room um it gets louder it turns into a scream and every scene ends with someone walking out of a room or yes. walking away from the person they're talking to every fucking one usually it's uh they'll say the phrase we're done whenever that happens they'll just start screaming at each other and goes that's it we're done and then they'll storm off, and then a scene later, they're best friends again. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not false. They're literally, it's just Harvey. You can't do that to people. You know what, Mike? I'm getting goddamn results. So either get it done or get out of my face. And that's the like that's the end of I'd say ninety percent of scenes in in suits when 
Mike is still there. <laughs> I, uh, I I agree. The thing is, it's a it's another guilty pleasure show for me. But I think for you, is it like a real pleasure? Like the show is good. The show is good. It's not a guilty pleasure for me. It is a good show. Yes, it's incredibly formulaic. You know what else was Scrubs, and that was a good show too. Wow. This is yes. oh yeah. I'm going there. Scrubs literally had the same fucking formula all the way down to Zach Braff giving the recap at the end about how everything's fine now. I'm like, that is, Suits is great. It just does, it does Scrubs for an hour instead of a half an hour. There's a lot of less singing in Guy Love in Suits, though. So that's. uh... Yeah, they didn't do a musical episode. Oh, I haven't finished it yet, so maybe the, maybe it's coming. But it's, uh... it, spoiler alert: it's not. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I ever told you this story. And then we're gonna get to the actual politics stuff that we have because yeah. I didn't realize we're 25 minutes in <laughs> and have not fucking talked about one thing. Hey, it's we need the distraction. <laughs> yeah, and I I think people would rather this than what than than how did the Trump administration fuck up this week? Well, we'll tell you. But, um, let me, so, I'm not sure if I ever told you, did I tell you the story about how I, like, straight up bawled my eyes out to an episode of Suits? Yeah, I I remember, I I thought it was the finale, but then I remember it was still going. Go ahead. No, so, so, and I'm not sure if I told the story in the pod, so, if I did, oopsies, we're hearing it again. Um, so, there was the episode, um, Meghan Markle got married to Prince Harry, so she left the show, and Patrick Adams also left the show. Meghan Markle played Rachel, Patrick Adams played uh, Mike. Um, so they both left the show, and their final episode was like their wedding, and it was scored to All of Me by John Legend. Oh. And I, th- I, got, I think I got like quite drunk one night and watched it, and I bawled my eyes out like i was openly sobbing like like end of end game sobbing to the point where katrina heard me she i was downstairs she was upstairs heard me went are you okay what's going on i was drunk so i shot and again if i'm not drunk i go no i'm fine never mind don't worry about it um, I was drunk, so I said, Mike and Rachel are gone. <laughs> and, and she, it, it was like there was a pause, and she said, Stop it. <laughs> it was, it was like, it was this amazing moment of, I've had it with your shit. Be quiet now. That is a show. <laughs> hey, when, when I get there on my rewatch here, I'll let you know if I cry. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I probably won't. You should. You should cry. If you don't cry, don't think you have a soul. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Let's move to uh let's move to our uh first topic tonight. Um first political topic tonight. Um the twenty twenty election. Um there's currently a twenty there's currently a democratic primary going on. Uh you wouldn't know it because there's currently a pandemic going on that's very much more important than the primary, but the primary still for some reason has to happen. 
Um, we uh, have a contest on Tuesday the 7th, probably the day this episode comes out, if I don't put it out tonight, um, in Wisconsin. Um, the uh, Democratic primary is supposed to happen in Wisconsin. Um, the Democratic governor of Wisconsin uh, called the legislative session to stop this from happening. Um, the legislature that is GOP controlled said, go fuck yourself. We're not doing anything. So he just unilaterally, uh, Tony Evers unira- unilaterally said, no, we're not doing it. Um, and then the so he, thinking the Supreme Court would be like, yeah, for sure. Um, but it's a GOP controlled Supreme Court. So they said, no, 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 you're having it. Um, so there's supposed to be an in-person voting primary tomorrow or today depending on when you the seventh (laughs) um how bananas do you think that is on a scale of one to what the fuck is going on what the fuck is going on it's it's pretty bananas i mean i don't understand why some uh republicans or gop leadership just aren't taking this seriously you have the governor of georgia opening up the beaches like that's insane you have ron DeSantis, the governor of florida not really taking it seriously and closing their beaches until what like last week or friday or something i don't know why right. it's nuts every state should be postponing their uh primary for as long as possible I mean, Pennsylvania, yeah. where we both live, uh, moved to what June third, something like that. Like it's June second, I believe June third, something. And then, and then they made it easier to vote by mail. So it's there's. I don't understand why you can't do that. I mean, I don't understand. I, I genuinely don't understand. I don't know what the actual argument would be, other than we don't want Democrats to win. Like really, there's no right. logical spin that you could think of, and so I think that's a good. A point to hammer home with like you're you just don't want people to vote like that's and you want people to die it's such an easy uh i'm getting pretty mad about it <laughs> yeah so so i'd like to i'd like to point out um like uh, a bunch of states moved their primary to uh june 2nd um just to you know give it time to you know either you know wait until we have the ability to go out of our houses again to actually go vote or to enact uh, mail-in mail-in voting so that more people can get mail-in ballots so there's more time for that. Um, PA, like you said, um, is doing mail-in ballots. Um, it's essentially the absentee ballot, I believe, but it, it you don't have to have any sort of a reason um, anymore. Like before it was like, you have to have a specific, like a, 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 an approved reason as to why you need it. Now they're like, yeah, just fucking do it. Like do it because there's a pandemic and you don't want to go outside. Um, so I don't understand why, uh, like with, with, I can understand if this was the general election and, um, you know, the Wisconsin GOP was like, no, 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 we're going to make them go outside. Um, if they have to go outside there, you know, like blah, 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 blah. But this is a primary. Like yeah, the only reason I can think, the only reason I can think of is it, it, uh, sows like discord and, and like decession in, 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 uh, democratic politics where people then question the results of the primary, which is understandable to question the results of a primary that was in person during a fucking pandemic. I get that. Do you, uh, Terrain, do you know what the correct term for uh, a political sabotage for the other party is? What? It's literally called rat fucking. So if you can okay. imagine. Hey! 
Yeah, look it up. It's on Wikipedia. Rat fucking. It's the, uh, I'm going to read it right now, the slang term for political sabotage or dirty tricks. So uh, why would the Republican... Oh, that was, was that coined by Woodward? No, no. It was brought to it. Uh, Woodward and Bernstein? Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Look I'm, look, I'm thinking, why would the Wisconsin Republicans care about the primary going on they won they already have their candidate it's donald trump so why do they they don't need their people to go out and vote so why would they care uh, so therefore the only reasonable conclusion you can come to is that well they hope democrats go out and go get covid and are unable to vote i don't know i don't know if it's that sinister i don't it, but it's, it's, it's either it's either well it's either it's either that because y- yes it's it's one of two things because there's no reasonable answer there's no reasonable answer for why that would be happening uh, so the one of two things is yes they want democrats to go gather and get sick or b they want democrats to uh question the results fight amongst themselves and then not coalesce when it comes to the general which Those is, are the only two options. Which I think both fall into the uh, rat fucking term, uh, if you will. So, look, uh, which is my new favorite term. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yes. Uh, so, <laughs> so like, what can I? So, so we're we're looking. Why are more? Why is it so hard for the nation to um, agree on mail in voting? Um, what, what is, what is the biggest obstacle? And there is the correct answer to this. Well, I mean, the correct answer is that Republicans don't want more people to vote. And traditionally, if more people are voting, uh, if, if you vote by mail, then more people will vote. And when more people vote, Republicans lose, but you could, their, their bullshit arguments are you know, voter fraud, uh, something, I don't know. I don't really know, but I, that's my answer. Is like the, what they would say is that it could be voter fraud or something, but there is no good answer. Like, I'm sorry, I rambled that's, a little bit. No, that's okay. Well, listen, I'm I'm gonna I'm a little bit tipsy. I'm gonna get to the rambling point eventually. <laughs> but like, let's be clear: mail-in voting more likely is going to benefit Republicans than Democrats. Like, I truly do not believe that this is a partisan issue unless it is for, like, I get more vote, like, like I get a higher turnout is better for, better for uh, Democrats. But I I truly, I think that you're you're talking about using the mail, which is something old people do, uh, which is older people are more likely to vote Republican you are might likely you're more likely to see Republicans uh, use this access than Democrats uh, in my like I, I don't I, I think that this is like an opportunity that they're missing um, to if they're if they're trying here to benefit themselves, this would be a good a good opportunity to do it. I, I don't I don't I don't see why this is such a such a difficult issue for them besides yes trying to make it harder for people to vote because less people means Republicans win and that's kind of their like the well ugh we mug make fire like that's that's what they see that's what they see as what worked for them in the past and they they're like this is what's going to work in the future but wouldn't it be more beneficial to you know I feel like this is something that could work for them in the future going forward. More more mail-in ballots, possibly more older vote, 
possibly bigger GOP turnout. I was going to say, um, you know, traditionally the strongholds for Republicans are old people, right? And so the people who are more likely to die from the coronavirus are, unfortunately, older people, right? So wouldn't you think they'd be concerned with uh, protecting the their voting block from dying, right? It's Some older people might be more afraid to go out in line and vote in a general election, uh for Trump because they're afraid they might die, right? So that's a reasonable conclusion. So I, I get what you're saying. Like you'd think that they would maybe try to make it easier for mail-in ballots because I mean, old people sit around and mail shit to each other all the time. So maybe they uh, know how stamps work. Us dumb millennials don't fucking get stamps at all. Yeah, exactly. We're using stamps.com, a new sponsor of this show. Uh, stamps.com. Do you like the post office? No. Well, use stamps.com. <laughs> nice. I actually, they're not a sponsor. I'm just trying to get them to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you have Donald Trump himself saying it out loud. Out loud. He said, um, uh, if you have the levels of voting, that the, if you'd ever agreed to it, you'd never have a Republican elected in this country again. That's what he said. Um, so I, I think their, their thought line of thought process is that mail-in voting leads to more voters, which leads to less Republicans. So they're going to fight to the nail to have. I feel like that is something that is so incredibly transparent and like grossly disgusting. It's, it's similar to what like Scott Wagner was like, we passed voter ID in PA, which is going to allow Romney to win the state. Like they, you give up the game when you say what the, what your intent is and their intent is, you know, we want Republicans to win, so we don't want people to vote. Like, like I don't understand why that's not a thing that, like, bothers the hell out of any voter, not just a Democratic voter. I think Democratic voters should stand up and be like, fucking wow. But Republican voters should be like, they're trying to stop everyone from voting. I would like to vote from the comfort of my own home. I don't want to go and stand in a line with a bunch of fucking people that I don't know have whatever fucking disease that could potentially kill me or someone in my family. Like they don't, they don't seem to like play that long game. They're playing that short game. But then again, that short game has been fucking working for them. I was going to say it's, they'd rather, you know, look shady and win than lose. So it doesn't, but I, I I think, I don't know if you want to call this good news, but the good news is that you can kind of hammer them on that. You can hammer Republicans and Mitch McConnell and anybody who is a Republican listening to this that doesn't agree that you're just killing people. You're literally going to, people are dying from this disease. So if you want to have them go out and vote and contract the disease and die, then that's why you could just, you have to justify that to yourself. And so if you can kind of hammer that. You have to justify that to to yourself, not just to yourself, but to them. You have to justify that to them. You have to look a Republican voter, an old Republican voter in the eye and say, listen here, fuckface. I know that it's dangerous for you to go out because there's a disease that's killing a lot of old people. But I'd much rather my party have a better shot at winning this election. So go fuck yourself. That's how you have to do it. Hey, that's that's how we're going to solve the economy, right? That's what they were arguing on Fox News. Uh, that one, the the what, the Inspector General of Texas? Um, no, Lieutenant, Go- Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick was like, oh, "Look, we're willing to fucking die for this economy. Yeah, <laughs> we're, yep. we're willing to die for so, it." Hey, I get it. And that's 
Yeah, and 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 that Fox News rhetoric uh, uh, regarding COVID nineteen, we'll get into that a little bit later. But it's 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 just not. It, it is so. It's criminally dangerous. The yeah, way I was saying, putting. Did you see that they're worried about opening themselves up to civil lawsuits? Because yeah, of their, they fucking uh, should be. It's, I mean, what was that medicine that wasn't there a medicine that they kind of pushed that oh it's a cure to COVID and then some someone it's, in Arizona did it hydroxychloroquine or something along those lines the the president has been it's not just it's not just that. It's it's the president of the United States has been spending and uh, his his uh, press conferences quote unquote because they're fucking they're fucking rallies now. They hit, he had the rally. my pillow CEO. Yeah. Is there a goddamn campaign rally? Because he can't like he they've been pushing this drug that has not been proved. Like it, they're just pushing this. Like this is the cure-all. It's it's not, and they need to stop fucking saying it because they put people in danger. It's uh, the, the I've been telling my friends who uh, I'm in a, another group chat with friends, and we're all uh, mixed political backgrounds. And I've been trying to reiterate that if you're going to listen to the government, at least listen to Dr. Fauci. He's the, literally the only one, yes. in my opinion, who has been intelligent, sane, offering correct information, not kind of sanitizing the issue, not trying to, you know, put fake deadlines down because the stock market's going down. He's literally the only one who's been actual legitimately trying to convey facts instead of what you want the facts to be. So, or by that, I mean what Trump want the facts to be. So. Right. Right. Like, like <laughs> Donald Trump will go out and say, we're going to be open by Christmas. We're going to quote, open the economy up unquote by Christmas. I'm oh, sorry. Mean, not Easter? Christmas. Easter. Easter. I was thinking of another, I was thinking of his birthday and not when he's risen. Um, but <laughs> uh, they, they're like, we're going to open it up by Easter. And then Dr. Fauci is like, we're, don't do that. Like, don't. That's not a good idea. <laughs> we're not going to do that because a lot of people will just straight up die if we do that. Easter's like, this Sunday, is, by the way. If Easter's this Sunday? This Sunday. It's the 12th. Well, let's get these. Let's get these churches packed for Easter. Hey, so let's do economy this. starting up again on Monday the thirteenth because that's what Trump said. One week from today, new economy, baby. Let's move. <laughs> let's move back to the Democratic primary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just because, just because we we were there, and I want I want to kind of go with the Democratic primary a little bit because um, we definitely see that states have to move their primaries back. Right, like there's no question. States need to move their primaries back so that they can um, allow time for every voter to receive a mail-in ballot so they can um, all have access to the ballot so that there's no question about what the results of the primary are. Um, what <laughs> Do you think that that's going to be enough, or do you think that we're still going to have people um, within Democratic circles um, saying, you know, this was a... For lack of a for lack of a less annoying phrase, rigged primary. <laughs> ah, um, look, I, you're going to get those people regardless, and uh, especially if you go online on on you know Rose Twitter or DSA Twitter, whatever you want to call it, those people are going to be upset, and they're going to look for any excuse whatsoever, regardless. 
of what happens when Bernie Sanders is not the uh, nominee. So they're going to come up with anything and just come up with whatever excuse they can think of. Oh, this isn't legitimate because COVID-19, people weren't given the chance to vote, etc. So it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I can probably log on to Twitter right now and find it. Uh, I mean, even though I consider myself uh, a Bernie Sanders supporter over Joe Biden, I'm, I'm not that ridiculous. That's, that's, that's a little, a little too much, too rich for my blood. <laughs> I mean, we, I think we talked, uh, we, there have been um, a lot of, a lot of things on the left that like, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of over, right? Like I, I'm, I, I, I was a, I was, a, I was an Elizabeth Warren supporter um, when she dropped out. Uh, my preference between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden would be uh, Bernie Sanders. However, I saw, you know, the, the writings on the wall, the, the the way the primary is going is probably going to be Joe Biden. So I was like realistic. And there were a lot of people that weren't at all like in, in that realistic style where they kind of like saw like that might be what it is. And I just like, I understand not liking uh, the fact that Joe Biden's gonna be the nominee, I get it, but the the idea of any sort of like like big rig in the in the primary was kind of bananas to me. Like I didn't understand how like a, a group like a big old group of um, you know progressives, which I am a progressive. I didn't understand how progressives were upset that like moderate candidates dropped out and endorsed uh, Joe Biden when they were like, I'm not going to win and I don't want to be the spoiler in the, in the primary. I was, I was baffled by that. Like, I'm like, why is that so crazy? Um, but uh, all you gotta I, I just, do, all you gotta do to counter that is mentioned in 2016 when Bernie Sanders dropped out and he endorsed Hillary Clinton. He didn't he campaign for Hillary like 30 some odd times or more. Like it was real. It wasn't an insignificant amount. Like he did put in the work to kind of campaign for Hillary to defeat Donald Trump. And uh, let me. That being said, let me say that it's easy to fall into that sort of line of thinking when you're disappointed with the result. If you are upset yeah. that this kind of mass coalescing, coalescing around Joe Biden, when you truly believe Bernie Sanders is the best, it's easy to kind of fall into that, especially when you're dealing with an echo chamber on Twitter where everyone's just bouncing off how this is all just a big, big concerted effort by the DNC to put prop Joe Biden up and to keep Bernie Sanders down. It's easy to fall into that, especially when the loudest people are screaming about it. That being said, you know, um, sometimes you need a good, uh, a good terrain Myricks to yell at you and put you in your place. So, uh, <laughs> well, I, I think we also need a good Arista Voorhees to point out Twitter is not real life. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, It's hard. It's hard to, to remember that sometimes, honestly, it's, yeah. Because, because I don't I don't talk to the, the the mass public about politics very often. When I'm when I'm interacting on politics, it's usually on social media. And on social media, you get like I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call it the fringes, but you get the most like passionate people about whatever thing they're passionate about. So like I've had literally a Kamala Harris supporter. Who, by the way, my my candidate before she dropped out, 
like say something horrible to me because I because I defended Elizabeth Warren in a in a, in, in in an interaction. Like it, it is it is so banana. Like this is I've literally had to like talk to like Biden people on Twitter and be like, hey. Like, you know you're not helping, right? Like, you know you're doing nothing to help. Uh, if, if you like, you're not going to win without the support of a fuckload of people who voted for Bernie. So don't be, like, a huge dick. Like, we're in we're in the position of the primary where, um, and, and Joe Biden has reached out to Barack Obama. He's reached out to um, Bernie Sanders regarding who he's planning on picking for his VP, we're in a position where we do need to start actually like looking towards each other and coalescing and, and saying, you know, look, I don't necessarily like this person, but we need to deal with the scab of the white house and deal with that. Um, I'm going to make a a hot take declaration uh, real quick and I'm ready for whenever Trimble listens to this to yell me for it. But I think we're getting close to the point where Bernie Sanders needs to take a long, hard look about dropping out. I mean, uh, we're postponing all these primaries and the writings on the wall. It's going to be Joe Biden. Uh, I don't like it as much as, you know, some of the other more liberal members of the, the party. But at this point, the option we need to take is that coalescing around our candidate to defeat Donald Trump. And I don't think considering the COVID kind of nonsense, nonsense, considering the coronavirus pandemic, I should say, considering that Joe Biden has won a a significant amount of the primary delegates. I'm not sure how Bernie Sanders can stick around much longer, honestly. I mean, and I think, I think that I get where you're going with, and I get, I do get the other side. Like, I get that Bernie Sanders is like, I'm, I can do this. I can out-debate him. I can, I can win on a big issue. And this is like a, a huge issue that kind of proves everything that I said was right. I, I agree with that, that assessment. I agree yes. that like, um, there are a lot of people who are being laid off that are now worried about their health care that are now going to be, you know, applying for, for uh, Medicaid, which they should, you know, they're, they're not getting a, you know, they should be able to qualify unless, but if they get uh, unemployment to a certain level, they won't qualify. So they'll be kicked to the FFM um, and the federal, the, the, uh, uh, they're not accepting uh, just people right now. Because the Donald the, the Trump administration won't allow that to to happen. They they won't allow a, a, another enrollment period for Obamacare because they they don't want Obamacare to continue to, to work. So you're looking at it like that, where you're like, oh, okay. So what was what would be the the best way out of that? One great way would be if none of us had to worry about that, and universal health care was a fucking thing. Um, so I definitely see that. You know, uh, the the Sanders camp has an argument, has a legitimate argument to make, like a very legitimate argument how if universal health care was in existence, a a lot of the the monetary worries about this situation wouldn't be um, as as large as they are. Um, But I also feel like the Democratic voters have, you know, uh, generally coalesced around 
um, around Joe Biden. And I don't see that changing in the um, upcoming primaries. However, now we don't get to have those upcoming primaries because of the COVID-19 situation. So now we're in what seems to be a perpetual. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I would say it's such a tricky situation, really, because what if, what if right now the remaining people in the remaining states all go, you know what, I'm Bernie Sanders is right. This re- reality that we live in now leads me to believe that Bernie Sanders would actually be the best candidate. And then they decide we need to vote, but then for Bernie Sanders, but also like not everyone's going to have mail-in ballots. So, so we're going to have to go vote in person. And it's, the COVID-19 situation is still permeating the country. It's, it's such a, I don't know. That's why I think, uh, I think it's best to kind of coalesce around Biden right now and then work with him when he is president. And it's a, such a shitty take. I agree, but yeah. it's, it sucks. It sucks for, I, I will say this as a progressive it sucks that we're going to sit with Biden as our nominee. I, yeah. I, I listen to Positive America. I understand that Biden's going to be running on the most progressive platform ever run on, blah, 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 blah. I get it. However, this sucks for progressives because we didn't get a progressive champion in there. We got a... Uh, we got a, you know, a, a Democrat from, like, fucking 1964 who, like, is just, like, that's just who we have. We have a Democrat who's old as shit, who's been in politics since, like, forever and isn't always on the forefront of progressive issues. That sucks. That said, I, I think... I don't know why Dems aren't like just straight up pushing for two things. One, I don't know why progressives aren't pushing for um, an extremely progressive VP pick for for Joe Biden. He said it's going to be a woman. Great. Let's get a progressive woman in there. Let's get a, a progressive woman to fucking push progressive policies. Let's make sure we get, let's make sure we uh, lobby for progressive um, cabinet members. And let's make sure that we understand that he is 77. Uh, when he takes office, if he, if he wins, he'll be 78. And it's not guaranteed that he's serving two terms. Let's make sure that we understand that we can, if we don't see the progressive change we want to see in his first term, we can fucking push for someone who can get that done. Like, I don't understand why that's not like a huge, I, I I have said from a, from a while back, the 70 pluses, and that includes my candidate after Kamala left, who is Elizabeth Warren, the 70 pluses need to fucking take a one-term pledge. I think that both of these candidates, I'd be super happy if they took a one-term pledge, said we're not serving two terms, we're serving one, because we have one big mission. We'd like to We'd like to uh, bring in progressive values. We'd love to, progressive policies. But our one true mission is to destroy the fucking uh, stain on the White House that is currently in there. And then we're going to, we're going to run the country the way you all want it to be run. That's what I need. That's what I want. What What do you think about that? I would actually – so I think it's nice to win the more progressives in the Democrat Party. All you, You're giving the Republicans just ammo. They can go 
they're not going to get anything done. And then when when a House, uh, when a Republican House is uh, voted in in 2022, they can just stop everything. They can stonewall everything and go, it's going to be gone in two years anyway. So what does it matter? And that's that's like it's. Well, but so here's my question. Here's my question. Um, And I I, I think I I get that we assume that there's going to be a a Republican House in 2022. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, I'm if. Um, yeah. Well, if we win the if we win the general election, usually midterms swing towards the party that's not in the White House. Got it. But that would be different if we had another general election with two differing views of the nation, two candidates that are fresh and. Like, if, if it's not just Joe Biden again, or if it's not just Bernie Sanders again, if it's not the incumbent Democratic president, I think that, I think that it's, it, there's, there's no, it, it, this is different. This is a very different situation that we put ourselves in. It's, it's certainly something to kind of consider because it's something that hasn't really happened before in American politics. At least I don't think so. So. Hey, I'm I'm for whatever it leads to the defeat of Donald Trump. Uh, let me put it like that. So if if Joe Biden comes out and says I'm only going to serve one single term, and then you know we'll have some younger, fresher minds, people to judge could run again in four more years, something like that, then why why not? Uh, well, hang on. You're uh, I just I'm trying to preserve your your street cred in the in the in the progressive crowd. Uh, Give give another give a different um, candidate that's not Pete Buttigieg because people get upset when you when you say that he's a, a good candidate. I, I just thought of him because he's the youngest, you know, so the youngest. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, uh, AOC will she be old enough in twenty twenty four? Why not? Twenty twenty four? I think AOC might be old enough in twenty twenty four. I don't know. I mean, like, I really don't know. Um, but Kennedy, sure. <laughs> now, Joe, yes, she will be old enough in 2024. Um, be- before we leave the, the discussion on, um, the democratic primary. Now we know that, you know, there's a, there's a big problem in this primary in the sense of people can't just go vote, right? Like we need mail-in access, um, are there any other thoughts that you had? Like, are there any other solutions besides mail-in ballots? I've seen, and I, I'm going to hold my uh, opinion on this. I've seen internet voting. <laughs> what do you, what do you think about the prospect of voting on the internet? Well, the <laughs> I can say that if you think that conspiracy theories were flying because of the Iowa caucuses and that shit show. I can't even imagine the conspiracy theories that will fly if we vote on the internet and then Joe Biden wins and how it's going to be some big old grand conspiracy because Joe Biden gets, I don't know, let's assume, let's say they'll find some small donation by an internet telecom. So then they'll connect that to somehow controlling your vote and and whatnot. So they and changing the vote to Joe Biden from Bernie Sanders. Therefore, it's all blah 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 blah. I'm coming up with some wild conspiracy at the top of my head. That's 
what I can imagine will happen. Uh, in, okay, yeah. for a serious answer, I think internet voting is is pretty uh, unsecure. I wouldn't trust it myself, but I'm not conspiracy level wise. You know, uh, Robert Mueller's report did confirm that Russia did make several attempts to hack our election, and I think you know that is a real concern. Mail-in ballots seem to be the most reasonable conclusion to take. There's a paper trail. So that's my thoughts on that. I agree. I, I'm, I'll say this. I'm actually a little bit, and, and I, <laughs> I know I've come after you for your conspiratorial thoughts on the Iowa caucus. You know how Pete stole it yep. by not allowing the media to know that he won it for a week. Um, I would say that I would be way more conspiratorial regarding, um, regarding online voting. Yeah. It is so unbelievably easy to fuck with that. Yeah. And there's no, there's no possible way that that, that could happen. There's no, no, we're not, we don't all have air gap computers. There's no possible way that we can be doing this and it's safe. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. That is not an option, and if it's ever made an option, the democracy is doomed because we cannot trust a democracy for a- any reason ever again. Yep. Okay. I think we're on the same page with that. Good. Let's move to the final topic, which is... I'm going to just shorten it a little bit to the administration's response to um, the uh, COVID-19 um catastrophe uh, issue um we have um issues with federal with the federal stockpile um jared kushner saying that it seems to belong to a certain group of people but not another group of people um states are having to bid against the federal government for supplies um uh, the administration pressured uh 3m from selling supplies to canada um, which uh, Trudeau warned the U.S. about denying exports for, for, uh, of medical supplies to Canada. Um, we are in a situation where we are not uh, prepared when it comes to the PPE, or um, you know, like we don't we don't have the equipment that we need to deal with this specific issue. Um, deal with this specific pandemic, um, mostly because we decided that we weren't going to be prepared for it. We decided that other things were more important. Um, how do you, how, what do you think is the major takeaway of the, the uh, federal government response? We have state governments that are doing amazing things. Um, uh, the uh, Oregon Kate Brown from Oregon sent ventilators to um, sent ventilators to New York for for the people of New York. China also sent ventilators to New York, um, secured by Andrew Cuomo. We have governors like Andrew Cuomo, um, uh, Andy Bashir from Kentucky, um, Gretchen Whitmer from uh, Michigan, who are who are, who are being great in this in this situation 
Is there something that the federal government can learn from this? Well, I, I want to point out, um, to give credit where credit is due, I don't think the governors, as far as their responses, there are some pretty bad ones, but it's not only uh, Democrats. Uh, I think one of the... Larry Hogan. Uh, Larry Hogan was... Uh, I wasn't even going to say him. I was saying Mike, Mike DeWine from Ohio. There uh, yeah. is Mike DeWine, right? Yeah, the governor of Ohio. He's been considered one of the better responses uh, to this pandemic. So it's it's more like the sane sane crowd of people and uh, versus the insane governors who are Trumpy boys uh, like Ron DeSantis and Kemp in Georgia. But anyway, what the, my response about the federal government is let's just... Uh, 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 a sigh, a big old sigh. Um, I mean, this is the downright petty bullshit. The fact that Trump went out there and says that he doesn't think that he thinks that nurses are stealing masks in New York and he doesn't want to give any New York any ventilators is insane. Insane. It's insane. How how far does this petty bullshit go where he was... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the root of his insecurity is with the state of New York and New York City, but for some reason he's taking it out on the people of New York. Anybody in New York who has COVID nineteen who need a ventilator I make a guess. masks. I could make a real quick guess. Um, his insecurities from the state of New York are the fact that he lived in New York and though was taken seriously amongst a, a national crowd in the sense that he was a reality television shows that they allowed to uh, run the country for some fucking reason. Um, <laughs> in New York, he was never taken seriously. He was always the butt of jokes in New York. Yeah. And he is he is now very bitter towards the state of New York for not taking him seriously. And you have a governor in Andrew Cuomo who's very serious. And by the way, I want to point out, Andrew Cuomo didn't always have the following of like, the progressive left. The progressive left was never like on Andrew Cuomo's side, but Andrew Cuomo has been very, very effective as a leader in this crisis, saying what needs, what the state needs, not afraid to challenge the administration about what the state needs. And like, like that's what, that's what Trump has never gotten the respect of New Yorkers. And that, might be the root of his specific insecurities regarding New York. You know, I, I want to say in a broader sense that the people who Trump is damaging the most are his own supporters. Like people like you and me or younger people or people who are taking this seriously might skew a little towards the left, but people who don't take it seriously certainly skew more towards the right who believe what he and Fox News are saying and people of his ilk are saying. It's, it's, you'd think that he, and this, we kind of talked about this with the mail-in ballot and elderly people, but you'd think that he would sort of want to protect his own voting base from this. How many people are taking him not seriously and getting sick because, well, Fox News just says it's like the flu. All of a sudden, grandma's dead. Like it's, 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 insane to me how if you yeah. if you're gonna uh, if you're going to be petty and punish people what you're even you're just punishing your own people that's what's insane about this yes you I'm should not, I'm, punish uh, people, so, if you're going to punish not your own people you know what i mean right you shouldn't do it at all in this yeah. situation at all you shouldn't do it but if you're gonna do it <laughs> like i here's i think i made this i think i made this i made this quote joke unquote um, I don't remember when, 
But I was like, when he said, I want the churches to be filled on Easter, I'm like, that's pretty crazy. If he would have said, I want the black churches to be filled on Easter, I would have got it. I would have been like, oh, okay. That makes more sense. That makes a lot more sense as to what's going on. Um, Like, some of the things that he has said, like, and and I just want to make this very clear. The President of the United States has, has said... On um on Fox News, which is a a essential right wing propaganda machine, uh, you can get this and go to work. Yep. Um, you had right wing hosts saying that the uh, hubbub about this was akin to uh, impeachment. Um, you had the right wing saying this was the Democrats who were politicizing this. Um. You have the president at, at one point saying, we have 15 cases, it's going to go to zero. At, at no point until the death toll rose, did this president take this seriously? And then when the death toll rose, he said, I always knew this was serious. He's like, still he's still it taking it seriously. What was that that number figure with the the bell curve where it said death toll was like a hundred thousand? He was like, that'd be good. But, oh man, he said no. It, the, the 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 grouping. Sorry, I want to make sure it's very very clear as to what the president of the United States said would be a good job. He said if there were a hundred thousand to two hundred and forty thousand deaths, that would have been a good job by the administration. He takes no responsibility at all. And we know that because he said, quote, I take no responsibility. <laughs> yep. Yep. I have a like uh, I was going to say, I have a friend who is a more libertarian, but he's certainly not a liberal. So he's critical of Trump, but he's definitely not a fan of uh, the left wing of the, the, the of America. Right. So I was talking to him about this and he told me he sort of leaned thinks that the government's doing a good job and when trump said that i hit him back with the whole you know harry truman the buck stops with me or was it eisenhower whatever the the one president said the buck, buck stops, stops here you know and <laughs> i take no responsibility at all famous quotes from it, our presidents it's yeah it was truman it was truman the buck stops here uh, it is it is baffling that this president does not seem to take any responsibility or or and 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 I I get when you don't want to take responsibility for something that you truly don't think is your fault but you know like in there are two things so one a lot of things happen where presidents take responsibility for the actions of others. They take responsibility for what has previously happened that has led to this. And yes, it may not always be their faults, but you know, you, you, t- they, they go, it, well, I'm in charge and that's what happened. You have a president right now in Donald Trump, who not only was just unbelievably ineffective in the early stages of this again going on fox news and telling those viewers you can get this and go to work he said you can get this and go to work into a crowd of people you can get this and go to work he he didn't take this seriously from jump he said, oh, we have some cases that'll drop. 
He said this is a Democratic hoax. And then this blew up and he decided, oh, I have been taking it seriously the whole time. Yes, I sure have. But still have said, we can open everything up by Easter. The economy's going to open up. We need to send people back to work. Lindsey Graham, who has shown his inability to grasp how unemployment insurance works, said, well, if these nurses have this incentive, if we if we give them $600 more in unemployment, they're going to take that and not work. Just not so- understanding that. You can't just get unemployment just because. If if I recall, didn't he say, um, didn't he say that he didn't want nurses to quit their job and make twenty four dollars an hour on unemployment? Yep. So yep. so uh, can I, Arista, Arista, really quickly, and I, I think you probably know the answer to this, but if you quit your job right now, can you get unemployment? No, <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> okay, so. You just played a fun game with me called Are You Smarter Than Senator Lindsey Graham? You won. <laughs> well, so here's the question that I have is how little does Lindsey Graham think nurses make? Honestly, because uh, nurses in Philadelphia, <laughs> where I live, can make a lot more than $24 an hour. Like that's probably like entry level for a, an RN who has a bachelor's in nursing. They make like $30 an hour plus. So, I mean. I'll admit. Oh well, he's from South Carolina. He doesn't. He's not from Fair. from PA with Philly. So he might not know the specific, uh, like larger amounts that nurses could make. But regardless, it still shows a distinct lack of understanding of how the thing you're voting on a bill, like your the thing you have a big problem with, you don't get how that works, and that's a huge problem. Well, yeah, yes. So. Sorry, wait, wait, really quickly, really quickly before, and I I want you to be able to go, but I want to just say this because I haven't said this since like early days in the podcast. That's a big problem. That's a big fucking problem. It's a big fucking problem. Uh, Ah, yes. And I I was going to say too about this whole in general, this, um, the, the unemployment insurance and the, 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 the supplementing wages people, this is an argument to be made for raising the minimum wage because the people who are still working right now are the ones who are still making that minimum wage, you know, people who work in food service or work at a grocery store. So uh, not to go too much off a topic on raising minimum wage or something, but this is kind of a good example of why, you know, these are in set. We call these people essential workers, but you know, the EMS driver, the people who drive ambulances, that dude's making $12 an hour. So he's essentially not making anything. I don't, this is something I could get and again, to talk about. <laughs> and again, you're and again, you're looking at a policy, and I'm gonna I'm gonna loop this back because we're gonna end this podcast yeah. in in this in in this way. But I'm looping this back because you're now looking at a policy that Bernie Sanders has been pretty strong on. Uh, a higher minimum wage. And a higher minimum wage higher than twelve, like uh, Hillary uh, went for because she was running as the pragmatic candidate. He's running as the candidate that's going to get everything he wants. And you know what? At this, like, if you're looking at it, fucking f- these people need more than what they earn. You cannot expect 
the people in uh, people working at grocery stores and people who are, like you're you're forcing them to put their lives on the line because anyone who can walk into um, the anyone can walk into the supermarket at any point. There's no reason if they're essential, fucking raise their pay, fucking raise it right now to a rate that is livable because. Yeah. There's no reason that they should have to supplement that income with whatever other dangerous thing they might have to do, whether it be work in the gig economy and then interact with more people or, you know, like what, what have you that this needs to be dealt with. These people deserve a living wage. Fucking let's go legislature. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end it on, uh, I know you wanted to talk about this. We didn't talk about it too much, but I wanted. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about it. Um, we wanted to talk about Bernie or bust. Mm. Um, it's and and look, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a disclaimer. I don't think that most Bernie voters are Bernie or bust. I don't think that half of Bernie voters are Bernie or bust, but there are a an unsettling amount of Bernie voters that are Bernie or bust. And we need to chat about it because fucking please don't. And we will explain to you why Arista, I will allow you to go first. So I, I've thought a lot about this uh, for, a, for a while, but I think the most succinct and kind of short and sweet way I could put this is I, I understand the feeling of, rage or disappointment you get when the general democrat democratic party picks joe biden or somebody like joe biden over bernie sanders when bernie sanders has been kind of for decades sort of spouting uh trying to fight for the average middle or lower class american i get it i buy into it i'm i would vote for bernie sanders today but uh but 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 i understand not everybody else feels that way. Uh, and I understand, too, that right now, uh, reality, the recurrent reality that we live in is absolutely one where Bernie Sanders policies would make the most sense to help the most Americans and not help big corporations and, and whatnot receive their bailouts. I get it. And I get that Medicare for all or uh, universal health care is 100 percent what we need in this crisis right now. I understand that. I understand the frustration and the sadness and anger that comes with not having people realize that and going flowing towards Joe Biden. However, I want to say this, that when you sit home in November and you think Bernie Sanders is the nominee, so I'm not going to vote, or I might as well vote for Donald Trump. You aren't hurt. No, wait, wait, no, no. You just, you just said Bernie Sanders is the nominee. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, when it's November and Joe Biden is the nominee, and you think to yourself, I'd rather not vote at all, or I'd rather uh, vote for Donald Trump. You aren't hurting Joe Biden. You aren't hurting the Democratic establishment. You're hurting. Americans, you're hurting people of color, you're hurting climate change, uh, people who believe in climate change and want to see significant changes uh, apportioned to that. Those are the people you're hurting. You're hurting uh, average everyday Americans who are being hurt by this egregious tax cut they passed. It's You're not, I get it, I understand, but the, you're not punishing Joe Biden or the DNC. You're punishing 
people of color. You're punishing everybody else. That's pretty much all I wanted to say about the the subject. I understand it. I'm a Bernie supporter, but I'm also realistic. <laughs> Anything to add, Tareen? I would. I would like to add something, and I I appreciate those words um from from you arista just for the sheer fact that i know we've had our we've had our um our battles with this <laughs> yeah where you 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 then say oh terrain you think i'm the i'm just a, a bernie shill and i'm like no i i don't uh i i that's why i'm like calling you out because i expect more from you or blah 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 and i love you and i hope that that's mm. understood love you too bro. um but oh thank you uh, but let me let me talk. I'm gonna. I would like to talk to um, the the listener, and I'd like to talk to the listener who is a Bernie supporter. Um, like I guess I currently am? Question mark. Just because if it's if it's my choice between Bernie or Biden, I'm picking Bernie. But you know, anyway, I get it, and I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say a lot of the things that Arista has just said. I get it. It's really shitty to watch the to watch the lower class get their ass kicked constantly. It's really shitty to watch the rich get richer and it's really shitty to watch the rich get richer when you then put a democratic president or a democratic legislature in to uh, fight for yourself, like to fight for you, to fight for that group that you're fighting for. And to have that not work out. I get it. But here's here's where I'm here's where I am. Um one. I think that <laughs> the Donald Trump administration has gone after people of color, more specifically Hispanic people who are seeking uh who are seeking a better life and to not be killed. Uh, they are no question putting people in cages. They are now allowing states to have the feeling of freedom that they need to restrict reproductive rights for women. They've, they've attacked uh, people of color, African-Americans constantly. They don't have any, any shame or, or apprehension about what they do. And I do think that an Elizabeth Warren presidency or a Bernie Sanders presidency would usher in an amazing renaissance of uh, breakthroughs for people of color but right now since that's not an option for me i'm gonna concern myself with getting those people out of those cages i'm gonna concern myself with making sure that we don't have a supreme court that continues to allow people to be in cages and i'm going to make sure that I don't allow the Donald Trump administration to destroy the planet Earth that I live on and just fucking usher us into 
an era an era where we can no longer come back from because we're because we're really close scientists say we're incredibly close i i get that there are a lot of people who have this uh argument of well what do you actually support from joe biden and I get that because that's true. I think that more people actually support more policies of Bernie Sanders than they know or realize. And I think that that's great. I think that Bernie Sanders is a an influential uh, politician who has <laughs> who has the ability to get people to follow him and that's awesome but we also have to understand that we're not always gonna win so let's fight to get closer to what we want i i'm 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 not i'm not a big fan of biden i'm not (laughs) i am not but I understand the existential threat that we face. And in a in another podcast, that's not this one, I will go into specifics of what I am for Biden for. Mm. Because because I've done it I've done it in like a bunch of different conversations, but I'm quite drunk right now and don't <laughs> feel like trying to do it. <laughs> so I'm I'm imploring I'm imploring the people who are listening to this. I'm just going to say this. Please trust your friend of color. Trust the people of color who keep saying we need to end this nightmare. Trust your friend of color. They keep saying this has to end. Trust them. Believe them. And vote with them. Arista, thank you so much for being on the podcast this week. I really appreciate it. Um, you helped this from being a horrifically dark time by talking about some awesome stuff, including how stealth Joe is in that hat. Man, he's just fucking stealthy. He's He hides behind those bushes like the best of them. Oh, let me tell you what. <laughs> Arista... Uh, now, now I understand that, and I'm I am going to pin you to this because um, I really want you to do it. So I understand that you are potentially starting a podcast. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about it? Oh, I was thinking about it. Just uh, uh just uh, something fun. I like to watch movies and TV shows a lot. So why not just force my friends to watch it too, and then hop on a podcast and chat about it? I mean, I think it's a good fun time. You know. Um, Something to do in these quarantine times, you know, uh, and maybe beyond. Who knows? We'll see. Do you uh, now? Now you is going to be. Uh, wait, is it going to be uh, movies and TV shows? Um, I think if I were to do a TV show, it would be like maybe three episodes, like two or three episodes of a TV show only, and then you can talk about it. But um, I like to watch. Legitimately, I like to watch movies and stuff and kind of think about them critically. Like, what are the themes in it? Do I like it? Is it fun? You know, what is it? How are the cinematography? Uh, but also, is it a good movie? Is it so bad it's good? Am I laughing at how bad it is? That sort of thing. So that's the sort of stuff I want to talk about. 
Okay. And and uh final question. Um do you have a name picked oh, out at all? No, I don't. I don't yet. I was thinking of a I'll to to steal my own thunder. I was thinking of a of a pun name for Nicolas Cage because I love watching Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe like Cage Free or something like that. Something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the cage with Arista Voorhees. See, something exactly, something like that. Perfect. That's okay. exactly that. I mean, if that's the name, uh, please do it. Mm. Um, if not, please let us know. We will be more than happy to. Uh, one, we're gonna. I'd be more than happy to put this out to the world because that's something that people need right now. We need. We need more fun stuff. That isn't about the really horrible and shitty stuff. Um, you know, it, it, it's and and I, I'm really glad that you came because I don't want to do one where it's just me being real sad and like fucking telling people how awful things are. Yeah. I'm glad that I got to talk to you about how dope Animal Crossing is and how you can visit your friends' islands and you're planting trees. And it's fucking I'm I'm really appreciative for for you to show up and help me out, man. Hey, no problem. I'm, I'm always glad to, to hop on. Uh, one last thing before my, my last thoughts, I want to give a shout out to my man, Drew, who is a nurse and he is working in a hospital right now. And he sends me all these Snapchats of him all dressed up in the mask, the, the screen, the facial screen and everything. And he, he, he works in a critical unit. And so I'm very empathetic of, of his, uh, you know, job right now and the special hard works that he has to do and of all essential workers too, like, like, uh, everybody. So, um, but special shout out to Drew, who's a nurse and, uh, you know, thinking about him too. Yes. And we, and we, uh, we here at the pod love Drew. Um, we love Drew. We love, uh, the fact that Drew listens to the pod. It's fucking amazing. And um, we'd like to give a shout out to Mombach and Drew's Poppy Doggy. Uh, mm. We fucking love, we love the dog. And also Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Um, thank you all for listening. We will be back next week or later this week. <laughs> um, we'll see. Thank you all. Um, we appreciate you. Stay safe, stay healthy. And we will see you all as soon as we can. Cheers.